Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Uh, my name is Jeff Recori, and I'm our Vice President of Sales. And excited today to walk through the Doctor First uh, MedHX Epic Native Workflow and the impact it's provided our our partners who are on the call today. Um, anything and everything that you review today as well, uh, please note that it has been updated on the Epic Third Party Contract Tracker. So Dr. First can be selected, um, and we look forward to hopefully making an impact as we have our other partners across the EPIC realm. With that, I'll introduce Dr. Colin Bannis, our Chief Medical Officer. Hey, thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, just uh, by way of background, uh, Colin Bannis, an internal medicine physician and uh, recovering CMIO. I was at an academic health system for close to 20 years before joining Dr. First as their Chief Medical Officer. And you know, in this fireside chat, what we really want to do is is go quickly through the solution and then really turn it over to two of my colleagues uh, and uh, esteemed users of our solution to really talk through the impact it's had uh, on their processes, um, workflows, and, and and outcomes. So when we talk about our, the Epic Medication History Solution at Doctor First, we like to mention what we call the three C's, and that is providing data that is more complete clean and then um, most most importantly consumable and by more complete what i mean by by that is we're taking the traditional medication history feed uh, that you currently have and then we're augmenting it you know over over 20 years of relationships in the industry we've been able to um, make connections to additional data sources such as local pharmacies or hies or even our own e-prescribing uh, engines and partners so we have that more complete data data stream that we're bringing in and then we clean it. Of course, we need to get rid of the duplicates. We need to float the most relevant information up to the top. And we need to make sure that it's uh, readable because we're going to set it up to be consumable. And that's really the, the, the secret sauce, uh, if you will, is our patented technology called SmartSig. And with SmartSig, what we're able to do is take all of that data that we've brought over, especially things that have become free text in the transit of a, of a prescription's life cycle, medication history life cycle, things like the SIG can often uh, be free text. We can actually turn that back into structure. And then not only that, we can land it into the EMR, into EPIC, unique to your organization's nomenclature. So however you set up your code sets, we can land it uh, appropriately. And you'll see that in just a second. And all of this leads to more data, inevitably leads to, um, uh, and better data, I should say, improvements in things like serious safety events or adverse drug events, and also efficiency gains. Uh, you know, over 90% of those surveyed having our solutions are saying that they are spending less time gathering and confirming a patient's home medication list. So uh, again, to that concept of more complete data, here is a visual that really shows you all of the additional sources that we bring to bear uh, in our medication history feed. So. You're probably uh, used to what you would get from PBMs especially, and perhaps some of the, the relationships that a PBM may have with specific pharmacies, but often that leaves holes and gaps in the data, and that's where Dr. First really uh, steps up. So again, we have these connections with other EHRs, with health information exchanges, with local and independent pharmacies. So unique to your organization, there may be local mom and pop pharmacies uh, nearby, we're able to go out and make connections with them to ensure that all of the data 
from their pharmacy dispense is coming back into your system. And that can include cash fills as well. So it's not specifically just dependent on adjudicated data or claims data like you would get from a PBM feed. And then as I mentioned before, we're cleaning that data up. Uh, multiple, perhaps as I mentioned, we have all of these additional data sources. So you might have multiple instances of the same fill. That's okay, we're gonna clean that up. We're gonna group them all together. We're always gonna give you the ability to expand out the data to see where it's coming from. But for a visual uh, representation, we're going to squish it together and float the most relevant to the top. And uh, of course we can't show um, actual screenshots, but this is an Epic approved mock-up of what our solution is doing. And so in this instance, uh, uh, we're, we're highlighting multiple fills of, of Lasix, 20 milligrams of furosemide. And actually, if you were to click on the carrot and expand out, you would see all of that additional data that we are bringing to bear. And then lastly, this is the most important part, we're making it consumable. Um, and this was my aha moment uh, in my former CMIO role. So those SIGs uh, that we showed before, so in this instance, the original SIG, let me, let me pop back here, one tablet by mouth two times a day, we are able to populate that back into the record without having the user do it manually. So we're saving you all sorts of clicks and keystrokes because you can simply verify this while you're conducting your interview and click accept. Without this technology, a lot of this, a lot of times this is locked into free text and the user is left going back up here and, and satisfying each of these fields, dose, route, and frequency. And not only that, but depending on how you've set up your nomenclature, we are mapping it to your organization specifically. So perhaps um, the original SIG was one, one tab, you know, PO, BID. Well, this organization has used tablets, they've used by mouth, and they use two times a day. Doesn't matter. As part of getting you set up, we go through a brief mapping exercise so that everything we land lands appropriately. And we're able to translate uh, north of 93% of the SIGs that are coming across our feed so that we can provide this uh, to, to your users and ultimately affect patient safety. And I recognize I'm going fast, but what I really wanted to do was set the solution up and then introduce uh, two of my colleagues um, in the pharmacy space who are um, users of the solution and then really open it up to some panel questions and uh, time at the end uh, for audience uh, questions. So with that, I'd like to introduce Jillian Foster from uh, Baptist Memorial Healthcare, um, it, which is in t Tennessee, Minnesota, uh, Mississippi and Arkansas. And Jillian, I wonder if you could give a brief intro um, to you and your role, and then maybe talk a little bit about how your organization approaches medication safety, medication history, and, and what led you to the Doctor First platform. Sure, thank you. I'm Jillian Foster. I'm the System Pharmacy Administrator at Baptist, as Colin said. And so um, we have been an EPIC organization for six or seven years now. Um, back when we went live with EPIC, we were really looking forward to um, the outside medication data feed. Uh, we did not use Dr. First then. We used um, a competitor vendor. And we did go live with that, and um, mostly nurses were completing our medication history. Uh, we did have some pharmacists involved. We have more pharmacists now. But we struggled through that outside medication data feed uh, because there were um, just some discrepancies in the data. The SIG did not come across discreetly. Our teams just really became frustrated with 
missing information that that outside medication feed would really pull in. And it was something we were looking so forward to, and, and we really felt like it, it actually kind of set us back. We did learn about Dr. First um, and were able to um, review some of um, their information about how they compare to competitors and the increased uh, percent or hit rate or capture of those medications that our patients were taking before they were admitted to the hospital or seen in the clinic. And so that really um, piqued our interest. We did um, go live with Dr. First a, a couple years back, um, and our teams have just been um, feel so much better about that. Uh, we had actually turned off our outside medication data feed because we, we just had realized it was not accurate. So we were real happy to turn that back on, use Dr. First. Um, I think our teams feel a lot more equipped um, to have a good starting point when we're interviewing patients. Um, it's certainly been a positive thing for us. Um, lastly, just the ability to pull in some independent pharmacies around our network that had not previously been included in that data uh, was also a big win for us. Um, and so it's just been well received um, and successful across our system. Thanks, Jillian. Uh, and again, uh, we're going to get we're going to dive deeper into this when we get to some panel questions. Uh, but uh, great overview. I'd also now like to take the opportunity to introduce. Um, Thomas Pickering from Cone Health in North Carolina, and I wonder same same set of excuse me same set of questions, Thomas, uh, in terms of how you arrived at Doctor First, what your processes were like and, and are like now. If you could walk us down that. Sure. Yeah. And um, my role is uh, administrative coordinator of transitions of care. So uh, what that really means in our organization is overseeing our pharmacy technician staff that are assigned to go do medication histories for all of our patients. And um, I've been with the system for many years. We've had Epic, I believe, for more than 10 years. And I've really seen it evolve to where we have this outside information coming in. Um, but it really just wasn't our previous vendor. Just It would show us some prescription information, but we knew it was never complete. And so we would end up calling pharmacies very, very frequently. Uh, even with that information in there because it was only covering PBM claims and that sort of thing. Um, I was really excited when I heard our organization was going to go with Dr. First because I felt like I just knew that it could be better than it was. It just wasn't helpful at all. And um, we've noticed a, a huge improvement where um, just the information is so much more complete. Um, if it's a known pharmacy, if that's the only pharmacy they go to, then boy, uh, you really can be pretty darn sure you've got all the information at your fingertips. I always talk about, I use the term, the holy grail, you know, would be if you had all the information right there in the computer. So the patient, because uh, patients will often say, uh, you know, why don't you have this inf your information in your computer? So this gets us closer to that point where everything is there for us to review with the patient. Um, our um, Dr. First really helped us identify those pharmacies that are most used in our community that they did not already have partnerships with and have been working <clears throat> with us to um, get those pharmacies on board and ha have had pretty good success so far. There's still some a few that we're working on. Um, my staff is definitely spending less time uh, confirming missing information and just less time interviewing patients. There's not as uh, 
not as many instances where they have to interrupt the interview, go outside the room, make a phone call to the pharmacy, uh, wait for a fax, that sort of thing. So it's a one-stop interview, like we always envisioned it would be. It's getting closer to that, where you go room, room to room. Um, and it's just been great. Um, yeah, that, it's just been a, a great product, and I've, I've enjoyed working with Dr. First to kind of keep it keep it improving. Yeah, I, I, wonderful. Both of you are such wonderful advocates um, for the solution, and I'm glad that you were able to you pointed out that that idea of continuing to grow the network uh, of pharmacies that we make connections with, so that we're always in, you know always improving and ever increasing the amount of data that we're able to provide. So with that, we do have a couple of um, pre-prepared questions that we'll just run through, uh, remembering that we only have 30 minutes for our fireside chat. And uh, as I go through these, what I'll do is I'll read off the question and then I'll turn it over. I'll start with Jillian and then, and then uh, Tom, you can take a take it next stab. So first question, um, how did implementing Medication history from Dr. First impact patient safety and the quality of care. And I know we got a little bit into it at, from an overview, but I, I wonder if we could dive deeper on that. Jillian? Yep. I just would um, pick up on what Tom said that because it was more accurate, it really allowed us to kind of standardize the care. Uh, we've always wanted to really do a, a complete or thorough medication history on every patient, not just the ones that we were able to get to or finish up for the day. So I think having an efficient tool, it's, it's allowed us to provide better quality just in standardizing the way at which we go about medication history. Right. And I would say the same thing, and, and one thing we've noticed, if we can just get those med histories done a little bit more quickly, then we can beat the beat the physician to the punch before they order meds off of an old list, or you know, it's, it's hard to convince doctors to say, well, don't use that list, we, we don't, we're not sure how accurate it is, so we're getting there before the doctor in more cases. Yeah, and that's, that's so important, and I wonder, um, do you have any examples of, of, of great saves? Um, off the top of your head, I know I'm putting you guys on the spot, but I've, I've definitely worked with clients before who said, you know, it, if we hadn't had this data, you know, this patient would have ended up on two beta blockers or two anticoagulants. Um, and of course, it, those are the things that, that really lead to those serious safety events that are so devastating. Yeah, and it, this kind of leads to the next question too, Colin, but just um, to answer, to your question of any examples, but it is also sort of a clinician workflow and satisfaction issue too. We used to have a lot of surgeons um, or just any provider that really would just not interact with the medication history tool in Epic. And they would say, well, the information that kind of blew in from the outside, it just wasn't complete. I don't really know what to do with it. So it would just kind of end up back on the patient at discharge. Well, just follow up with your provider about all these things because I really don't know what to do with them. So there's a gazillion examples of how that's really been cleaned up because we want our patients to have very clear instructions when they leave, not just a lot of follow-up items. Yeah, and and I, I might have jumped the gun a, a little bit, but to that um, patient and, and, excuse me, and clinician satisfaction, the next question we had teed up was, how has having the SIG information, which is that, that patented smart SIG technology, bringing that structured data over, how has having the pre-populated SIG in the EHR impacted workflow and satisfaction? Um, and Jillian, you gave a great example of surgeons, uh, and that's a tough crowd. Yeah, Tom, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, sure. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's it's. I mean, I, I interact mostly with my technicians and the jobs, you know, the the job that they do, and I know it's it's improved their um, satisfaction. It just cuts down on the keystrokes, makes everything quicker. We have a, a a big problem with turnover for our technicians, and and anything I can do to to improve this, their satisfaction goes a long way. So it, it's just make it's just made it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and again, as I as I said during my opening piece, that was really my aha moment was technology that could actually pull that off. Um, it was it was amazing. So, next question: Do you feel that implementing MedHistory and SmartSig has assisted in reducing potential ADEs and potential readmission rates? This is really getting at the data portion of it. Yeah, and of course, I know a lot of folks on the line will will know and appreciate that readmissions are often caused because of medication errors or misunderstanding. And so, you know, having an accurate medication history, particularly one that shows some fill or claim um, history, really uncovers when there are some adherence issues. And so, it gives us a really good list to really tip the patient off to why have you not filled this or were you experiencing some side effects because of this and we need to address that while you're here so i feel like that that accurate medication history that the doctor first data really you know sets us up to have certainly helps us address some things that would otherwise potentially cause a readmission wonderful yeah and we'll be we'll be watching our data closely i, I just know that we'll have reduced ades related to the 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 admission reconciliation process and then the discharge piece as well. So we'll be watching that carefully. We, we plan on um, being able to demonstrate those things for sure. Yeah, and um, just a, a reminder that, you know, Dr. First is always, um, we are partnered with you guys to help you analyze that data uh, and definitely love it when we have these great examples and, and potential case studies or can even contribute back to the body of literature. Um, we are actually working on a couple of publications uh, from some health system across the country. So um, yes, always want to demonstrate with data uh, the impact that we're able to make. Uh, this is the final um, pre-prepared question before we open it up to um, uh, the, the audience. Uh, has MedHistory, MedHX, helped to limit staff exposure and preserve PPE for medication history interviews? So this is that, that sort of COVID tie-in. And I wonder, Jill, yeah. could you, sure. Yeah, we have a couple of our entities that are piloting um, using a video cam to do a patient's medication history. Um, and I know we have appreciated having um, the outside medication data feed uh, where we really don't have to go in and, and address or assess the medication bottles, but we have a, such a great list to start out with. We've been able to, to um, use video capabilities to then interview and disconfirm the list with the patient. Um, as Tom mentioned, um, just really creates an efficient process where we're not having to go in and out of the room so many times. Um, and like I said, we're we're just starting some video med history services, and so we're looking forward to see um, if that'll work for us broadly. Yeah. Uh I would say it's helped. We we do any um, to to preserve PPE. We have our technicians call patients that are on any kind of contact precautions, whether it's COVID or not. That's been our process for the last year or so. Um, they just do those over the phone. So if you just have better information to go on, you're just that much able to get an accurate list, whether it's over the phone or standing in the room with the patient. Uh, 
I will say one thing I was thinking about is we have plenty of cases where a, a patient is uh, a trauma. Um, they're, we're unable to communicate with them, unable to locate family, anything like that. And we've been able to at least give providers some information, you know, where in the past we wouldn't have been able to. We can just say, hey, at least these we know these prescriptions were dispensed. So it helps in those situations. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I, I'm getting uh, notifications that we we actually have some audience questions, and so I think we've timed this perfectly to leave uh, time at the end. Uh, I wonder, Jeff, if you could if you could uh, moderate the questions for our panel, that would be wonderful. Absolutely, absolutely, and thank you all so far for the coverage. So I see, uh, looks like Sarah, you have a question that may be two questions. Um, so the first question is, can each of the organizations provide an overview of their workflows around MedRec, both inpatient and outpatient workflows? Um, I, I can answer that. I've, I've probably more intensely involved with that in my role, um, developing how our, our standard of how we interview patients. Um, and I'm not as familiar with how it goes on the ambulatory side other than when I go to the doctor myself. <laughs> but um, we have a pretty strict way that we want our technicians to interview patients and then uh, how to review back and forth on the screens in, in the computer, you know, what, what's on their list and what's, what's, what's coming in from outside and knowing I spend a lot of time helping people understand the, the validity or, or the believability of the information they're seeing, where they'll see an entry on our list that's typed in by a nurse tech five years ago versus here's a fill from last month um, for a different formulation. Um, I'm not sure if that really answers the question very well, but um, it's just that it's just that comparing our list in our in Epic from the last time we saw the patient uh, with the the flow of information from outside and, and realizing what you're seeing and going back and forth that makes yep. sense and for, <laughs> yeah and for us at baptist um traditionally over the last decade um, we have had nurses during the admission process each nurse would do a medication history on their patient over the past probably three years, we've really ramped up our ability to implement a pharmacist and pharmacy technician team that would sort of man and own that process for the, the entire facility. Instead of each nurse doing her own patient, a pharmacy team, one or two, three or four, depending on the size of the facility, would really own that. Of course, they're not 24-7, um, but they are, some of them are five days a week, some of them are seven days a week, trying to work the hours of the most discharges or admissions. And so it's been an evolution. I would say about half of our 21 entities have now implemented a pharmacy team. Um, and we've just enjoyed um, studying their successes and kind of rolling that out a little at a time at our other entities. Perfect. Yeah, and we, we hear that becoming more and more the model um, mm -hmm. across the country when we um, interact with our clients. And I'm, I'm hoping, Sarah, I was trying to um, unmute you, but unfortunately I'm not able. I'm hoping that uh, that uh, addressed your question. We'll go on to the next um, from Maria. How many pharmacy technicians do you have resourced for MedRec? Is it 24-hour coverage? 
And I guess um, I, can I, I can go first. Tom or Jillian. <laughs> I, I can go first on that too, just because of my role. It's a little bit more applies to me. I think um, we have five five hospitals uh, in various various sizes. One is a level two trauma center. The others are more community hospital. And we have 24/7 coverage at our level two trauma uh, 500 bed hospital. Uh, we have 24/7 coverage at one of our at our one of our larger community hospitals, and then at some of the smaller ones is just um, first and second shift, so no overnight coverage. Um, but and and it's it just depends on our, our techs can do about 17 to 25 med histories in a shift, so we we're constantly shuffling our technician staff to make sure we can handle the patient volume. Depends on the site. Okay. Yeah. Similarly, I would say what we kind of call our our medium or, or getting into our larger hospitals, meaning you know a, a couple or a few hundred beds or larger, we fairly well have a decentralized team that's a pharmacist and a technician or two, depending on the number of beds. If it's a smaller hospital, you know, a hundred beds or less, and, and we have a variety of of all those sizes then they've really tried to do a centralized approach where we can use EPIC that gives us cues on patients that would maybe be more high risk for readmission. And so our centralized pharmacist team can just deploy the technician during the time of that patient's medication history or their discharge plan. Um, and so they, they've just tried to do as much as they could, at least for the high risk patients um, in that manner. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Joanne and Tom. I'm going to try to squeeze in. We have a lot of questions. I'm going to try to squeeze in two more. Um, what is the implementation lift slash training process for going on to Dr. First? I assume I'm going to ask that. So I well, I, I can take the, the 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 party line and then turn it over to um, what 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 our colleagues, uh, our panelists had experienced, but we're talking a very light lift, you know, on the order of, um, you know, unplug one and plug one in and that, that sort of thing. Um, we usually quote, you know, 10 hours or less, inclusive of the, um, the setup call, the, the project planning call and things like that. Uh, as far as training, it really should be seamless because it's, as we pointed out before, this is native. So it's literally, um, you know, again, unplug one, plug this one in, and you're getting that more data, and you're getting that additional pre-population uh, benefit like that. And I don't know if our panelists uh, were were heavily involved in in the implementation on their side, but if so, go ahead and chime in. Yeah, this um, is Jillian. I, I, I don't have a lot of memory of it being a heavy lift or an intensive training. I do feel like we we did our typical education that we would do with any change in EPIC, like where the link is going to live. If you want to pull in the medication histories, some disciplines have it to where I think the data may automatically come in for them. Um, I don't remember a real intense training. Tom, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the Willow side, the IT side. I'm sure you know that I wasn't exposed to that much, but as far as on the user side, it everything looked the same uh the, the screens were the same it would just it was just more data more prescription records in there for you to see uh grouped under the under each medication and then the smart sig um i definitely noticed 
that those those fields are populated almost all the time now where they weren't so much of the time before pretty it was quick to train and tom you've been live i think you're probably one of our most recent go lives was that november of last year it's about three months ago yeah end, end of october mm -hmm. end of october yep all right i know we have a minute left um looks like we have a question uh we hear the term MedRec used for MedHX. Can we presume providers perform the MedRec and pharmacy slash nursing performs MedHX? Yes, for Baptist. Yes, us too. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, those terms, get, those terms get mixed up a lot, but we try to keep with, you know, what pharmacy is doing is a med history. What the doctor does is the reconciliation. Excellent. Well, I know that um, we do have several other questions, but we are at time. I appreciate everybody joining today. If you do have any questions, feel free to reach out. We'd love to be able to address them. And those that still have questions in the queue, we will go ahead and answer them one by one. And um, wish everybody a, a wonderful day. And thank you again, Joey and Tom and Dr. Bannis.